We would like to acknowledge the Ghana people and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge their spiritual connection to the land on which this podcast is recorded. As part of the oldest living culture in the world, we draw inspiration from their deep knowledge of traditional foods, medicine and remedies. From the Central Adelaide Local Health Network, this is Research Pulse, where we discuss the latest world-class health research from Carlin and how it's contributing to world-class care. From birth to death, preventable disease to pandemics, in hospitals, communities and homes, and at the bedside and beyond, nurses provide accessible, holistic care for all. As part of celebrating International Nurses Day, we're speaking to nurse and award-winning nursing researcher, Karen Royals. Karen's a respiratory nurse consultant at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital and also a nursing researcher focusing on the management of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, otherwise known as COPD. In 2021, she was awarded a South Australian Nursing and Midwifery Excellence Award for Excellence in Research and Knowledge Translation. It's quite a CV to say the least. Karen, welcome to the Research Pulse Studio. You're welcome. Karen, we're recording this on International Nurses Day. Can you tell me why you became a nurse? When I was a kid, I suppose, back in that era, in the 1970s, I guess it was a common thing. That's what um, us kids wanted to do when we grew up. We, we, we all wanted to be nurses. And I think for me, it was only enforced when I had to get my appendix out when I was about 12 years old and it just reinforced, yep, that's what I want to do. So after having my hospital stay, don't know if it was glorified or what, but that's the impression that it gave me. So, and then... I think my mum just really encouraged me to do that, um, was very supportive. She never got the opportunity to go to high school, so I guess for her it was just about giving me the, every opportunity to do something with my life that she never got as well. So she was very supportive in that. She was supportive in you to go on and study nursing, but you've continued on. You, you're actually doing a doctorate at the moment. And we want to talk to you about the work you're doing in that particular sphere. But what is nursing research and, and does it differ from medical research? So to me, nursing research is looking at, for nurses, the care that we give our patients. Is it the best way we can do that? Are we being effective? Are we doing it the right way? Can it be done a better way? So a simple analogy is like when I was taught to give a patient a bath in bed, we start at the head and work down basically. So if you wanted to, you could go back and look at that to say, is that the best way and do people like it that way or do they like it a different way? Is it a better way? So for medical research, to me, that's more about are they looking at procedures that they do? So for in respiratory, it may, it may be about putting a chest tube in to drain the fluid you know, around a collapsed lung. Is it about medication and procedures that they do for the medical management that they do? For the nursing, is about the things that impact a patient's life to manage, to live, to you know daily activities of living, as we call them, you know, about bathing, eating, showering. You know, are they the best way to do things? Then, Karen, as a respiratory nurse, what's your day-to-day 
look like in terms of patient care? What's it involve? I guess it's important to think we don't work with just COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which my projects and research are all about or a lot of people may be familiar with, but it's also about other diagnoses of asthma or interstitial lung disease or a chronic lung disease in general. But we also manage the oxygen therapy, which everyone is very familiar with, but we are so much more than that. So the best way I can describe it is about called chronic disease management. So it's basically teaching patients or providing education and how they can manage their disease on a day-to-day basis. So whatever the issues are, how they can manage that. And sometimes the symptoms will flare up. So what they need to do about that. And this can happen for all across these diseases. And, you know, when they flare up, they, you know, it might be a concern to them. We call them spot fires. You know, some issue has rung up, happened in the morning. They ring up in a panic, want this sorted out. So it's putting out spot fires during the day. You know, that can be like three to five patients in a day, let alone during the rest of your workload as well. So with chronic disease management, we do case management or we just do education. So we do home visits and we do phone calls and telehealth now is the new big thing. We have an ad hoc outpatient clinic. So basically people rock up and need to sit down with them for half an hour to go through whatever is the concern of the day. I think it's very encompassing, but we also support the wards. So for any inpatient care, we support the nurses over there with their knowledge and education. We see patients on the ward. So we go through all those tips and tricks about chronic disease management with them while they're an inpatient. Because in in a sense, it's about giving them the knowledge so they can manage themselves. They're comfortable with that. And you're a support person. You're a support network. You're someone who listens, you know, pick up the problems that are happening as an inpatient or even as an outpatient and try and help them fix it. You don't want to do it for them. You just want to support them in that process. That's an incredibly wide range. But on top top of that, you're also involved in a number of respiratory nursing research projects focusing on management of COPD outpatients. As a respiratory nurse, what are some of the problems or challenges that you've observed that have triggered your desire to conduct your own research? I think there's a twofold question in there for me. What, what triggered my desire is I heard a non-nurse speak at a conference about not necessarily how bad we were, but that we weren't useful. And let's just say the nurses that were present at that time got very upset and I thought, well, I'm going to do something about this to prove it otherwise. So that's basically how I got involved. But I guess since then, the issues that we've identified that have come out of the research, it's to say that both patients and health professionals alike are really not familiar with the existence of a respiratory outreach nursing service. And I think that's probably one of the most inherent problems that we've found across the board. If people don't know that we are here, how can we provide that support? And how can we make any changes to the healthcare system if um, they're not utilising all the services that are available? I think from an organisation perspective is 
There's lots of literature and evidence Australia-wide that COPD is one of the most prevalent chronic diseases. Like we're the fifth cause of hospital admissions. We have a high death rate. And of course, um, when we're talking about morbidity for hospital utilisation, we don't want people to die too early. It's like, how can we change this? So there's lots of evidence growing now about incorporating chronic disease management can actually assist in addressing some of these issues. But we also want to make sure that they're cost effective, you know, that, that by having these services, we're actually not costing the health system any more money. So what's partly come out, what we're looking at is that if you have the right sort of program and you follow the right guidelines, which are there, it's just whether people use them or not, and they have the support of services like us, the respiratory nurses. So when they have an exacerbation, instead of defaulting and just calling an ambulance and coming to hospital because they can't get into their GP for two weeks, which is a very real problem, they will ring us and we'll get them on the direct management. Their default is if they can't get hold of us, they're going to come into hospital and they will all admit that. Saying that, we are not a 24-hour service either. You know, I don't work after hours, I don't work weekends and they will default and do that anyway. So that's still another gap and how can we fix that gap? We're still working on, basically. In terms of fixing that gap... And I'm guessing also through increased awareness and uptake of respiratory services, I imagine that would have flow-on effects to other areas, like reducing demand on emergency departments. Well, that already happens, even with the small population that we've got, and we've got that evidence, and I'm sure the other respiratory nursing services in Adelaide or Australia would have that evidence as well, is that that's exactly what happens if people utilise these services. It does actually reduce the the chance of a COPD admission or a presentation to emergency. So that's what we're trying to avoid. And if you think of a cost saving, if you if a COPD presentation, for example, is anywhere from three to five days and you've kept them out of hospital for three to five days, that's three to five, five grand potentially that you have saved the health system. You know, And I'm not going to earn five grand in three to five days. So that's money that they have saved. But patients want to stay home. They don't want to have to come to hospital if they can help it. If they can manage themselves at home, but you go see them at home instead or you give them a phone call to support them, I can still ring their GP. I can still liaise with my doctors here at the hospital. So we can still have that access to support if we need that medical guidance. So it's not that they're not getting it, it's just doing it in a different method. As part of your study, you're interviewing COPD patients and health professionals about the current process. What's the main thing that you've learnt so far? What's come out is the patients that know about our service, they love our service and they're happy for it to be there. They just wish it was a 24-hour service. It's improved their health journey. It's improved their knowledge. So they're happy they have access. The ones that didn't know about it, they're like, well, why has no one ever told me about this before? You know, they want the name and number of these people to contact straight away. One of the big things I was saying about 24-hour access, people might say, oh, yeah, but you've got the GP locum services. You've got the 24-hour hotline numbers. What our patients tell us from the interview is that they don't bother ringing those numbers anymore because, A, the locum say, you got COPD, just go to hospital. So they're not getting 
what they need. So that's why they feel that when they ring a nurse, you're going to get more of an honest advice and true advice on what they can do at home. And I think leading into that too, when we're talking about chronic disease management, when we are saying about clinics and home visits, it's like, I don't work on a, a time restriction. Doctors in clinic have time restriction. You know, they might be booked out for months for like physicians and consultants and specialists. So if we want to look at, well, like, how can we improve your exercise ability? How can we help you to stop smoking? It's like, well, I can help start coordinate all that. I can have those discussions. That's what we mean by chronic disease management. So we can start having those clinics. And I'm not going to, if I need to sit there with, for two hours with a patient and they want to sit with me for two hours, then I will sit there for two hours with them to talk about whatever is their problem or their concern. I'm not on a time restriction most of the time. If you want to talk about health professionals, I think one of the biggest thing is they didn't know about us. They don't know how to access us. They may have heard about it, but they don't know how to access us. So that's probably like, how can you get the word out there? They think as a respiratory nurse that we, because we're in this role, they do agree that we would have the knowledge, the skills and the ability to do certain things. As long as they had the confidence that if something got a bit more complicated, that we would liaise with a medical person. That's our standard practice anyway. So I don't think that would really change. I think they recognise that we need to change and work towards that collaborative management that we're all really good in saying that we should do. But are we there yet? And I don't think we're quite there as well as we could be. It sounds like a lot of your research is about trying to work better with other areas to get the best result, obviously, for the patient, but importantly, to also improve the efficiency of the system as well. I think it's important when you do research, it's not just about doing the research, it's about taking it to the next level. And, you know, it's about getting involved with other groups that you can help change practice. You don't just want to find this information and let it sit there and and do nothing with it. We want to make sure that we do something with it. You know, I got involved with some other professional groups about looking at guidelines on these different diseases. And, you know, that's a really good experience to get involved with these other groups, professional organisations, to say to only the better the care of a person's respiratory health. So as much as it's very challenging and the workload is there, it's a very good experience for anyone to get into and I'll thoroughly recommend it. Looking a few years ahead, what changes would you like to see in place to facilitate the care of outpatients with COPD? And how would the patients benefit? In essence, and we've talked about it within our little unit for a long time, is about establishing a respiratory nurse outpatient clinic and I guess a a more structured one. So even patients that come in to see doctors, they can come and see the respiratory nurse at the same time and we can start on what we call the chronic disease management principles. So we can look at inhalers and we can look at um, what we call COPD action plans or emergency packs. The latter two are probably the really, really big ticket items to help people manage their flare-up of their lung disease at home and 
you can say nine times out of 10, people do not have this simple piece of equipment, which is in the guidelines that they can have, but they're not confident in how to manage. And that's why it's important they can ring us and get the education on how to use it. I think for a short-term plan, that would be a good way to get started or even some sort of 24-hour support for these people. If I don't do anything else before I retire, I would love to see those two things established at minimum. Karen Royals, you're very passionate about the work you do and all the best for the research ahead and hopefully getting all of those results in place. Thank you for taking the time and joining me for this Research Pulse podcast. Not a problem at all, Drew. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Research Pulse. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your colleagues and friends. If you'd like to contact us, you can find an email address in this episode description. This podcast was developed by the Central Adelaide Local Health Network.